The Oklahoma Sooners dip back into the transfer portal, this time for a quarterback. We've got some ESPN Plus news to talk about, as well as some odds from betonline.net about who might win the Big 12 in 2022. All that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today, as he does every day, is Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman, Oklahoma. You can hear him from Monday through Friday from 9 to noon over there. Josh, how was your weekend, man? How you doing? Oh, it was a it was a great weekend. Happy Mother's Day to your lovely wife and your family. I hope it was was great for uh, for all of you. Uh, it was a good weekend, man. We got uh, what a bedlam softball sweep, so that part was good. And uh, let's see what else happened. Went and saw Doctor Strange, so life is good, my friend. Oh man, you beat me to Doctor Strange. Okay, so no spoilers. We're not going to talk about that, but I'm excited anyway. Yes, softball sweep, and we don't really even have time to talk about that today because we have the transfer portal, Oklahoma dig, dipping back in. They land themselves a quarterback. A lot of the, the question about the quarterback situation for the Oklahoma Sooners heading into spring ball that really wasn't answered is what do we have behind Dylan Gabriel? Yes, they've got Nick Evers, a four-star quarterback out of Flower Mound. Highly regarded player. He was Jeff Levy's first offer when he became the offensive coordinator here at Oklahoma. And so a guy that we should be really, really excited about. What's up, Cat? But it's also a guy that is still pretty raw from a passing perspective. He's an athletic guy. He can play on the run. And I think what we saw in the spring, in the spring game in particular, is he needs a little bit more work. He's just not quite ready to be the backup. And that's okay. Like, we got a little bit spoiled with the true freshman idea. Spencer Rattler coming in and being the backup to Jalen Hurts. Caleb Williams coming in to be the backup to Spencer Rattler and the the success that those guys had. It's okay. Sometimes it takes quarterbacks time to develop and that's all right. So the big storyline was would the Oklahoma Sooners enter the transfer portal to find themselves a backup quarterback? We got that answer on Monday as Davis Bevel committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. Now there was some interesting Twitter shenanigans happening over the weekend where somebody took video of Brent, Venables and Jeff Levy standing outside of some restaurant in Norman talking with looked like to be a recruit of some sort and some parents. Turns out that was Davis Bevel. Here we are on Monday. The Oklahoma Sooners now have a backup quarterback. In theory, hypothetically, that's what he's going to be for Dylan Gabriel. He's a guy that's you know just played a sophomore season at Pitt behind Kenny Pickett, who went in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft. He was a Heisman finalist. So Josh, tell me what you think about this move. What does it mean for the Oklahoma Sooners? What's your thoughts? Well, first off, let me apologize for my co-star. Dave clearly wanted to get on camera tonight. So my sincere apologies for that. Well, I, I think it means, you know, multiple things for Oklahoma. Obviously, a lot of the items that you touched on, it does provide some stability in the quarterback room for Oklahoma. Uh, I think that it 
tells us that maybe this coaching staff wasn't totally comfortable with Micah Bowens, but maybe that's a, another discussion that we can weave our way into. But, you know, okay, so let's let's say that the coaching staff is totally positive with everything that Oklahoma currently has on campus in terms of what it has in its starting quarterback with Dylan Gabriel, with Micah Bowens, with uh, obviously Nick Evers. You just want to keep adding depth to that room, right? Okay, let's take that approach. You've got in Davis Bevel here, someone who has a little bit of playing experience, not a ton, I'll admit, not totally familiar with him before obviously he transfers here to Oklahoma right now, but he is formally a three-star recruit according to 24-7 Sports, uh, 18th pro-style quarterback just from 247 Sports, 22nd pro-style quarterback in the 247 Sports composite, so Look, Davis Bevel can play some football. He's a legitimate or was a legitimate former quarterback recruit in the 2019 class. So it just brings in somebody else that can compete for this backup quarterback job because I don't think anybody not named Dylan Gabriel is playing quarterback this season for Oklahoma barring injury. But, hey, I, I welcome the depth, right, at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. And somebody like, you know, Davis Bevel who – it sounds like just reading kind of the the initial stuff here, and I'm going to be very careful with what I'm about to say here, but he's taking a Baker Mayfield approach, coming to Oklahoma, basically saying, okay, so I'm coming over from Pittsburgh. Yeah, you signed somebody in Nick Evers. You've got a quarterback commit in Jackson Arnold, who's another highly touted guy, but I want to be at Oklahoma. I think I'm good enough to come in, learn under Jeff Levy, and potentially win the job in the future, and i got to say – I dig that about him. Yeah, you don't want to – you want to be careful comparing anybody to Baker Mayfield. But it's the same attitude, right? He even said it in his tweet announcing that he was committing to Oklahoma. He's like, betting on myself. And you love that in a player. Like, you love a player that he sees where he might be slated, slotted in the hierarchy at quarterback and be like, nah, I, I feel like I've got the skills to be able to go in and compete for for a job. And, yeah, you love to see it, man. And – so he's a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience, only played nine games over his first two seasons at Pittsburgh, of course, behind the, you know, the, the highly decorated Kenny Pickett. But he did get a, a, an extended run in the game against Michigan State um, in the bowl game this past season where he went 14 of 18 for, where was it, some 149 yards and a touchdown and an interception. Uh, you know, Pitt loses the game 31 to 21. Uh, to Michigan State. Michigan State, you know, scored 21 points in the fourth quarter in that one. But, you know, Bevel had him up 21 to 10 going into the fourth. So, like, he's a dude that's got some skills, and he was able to compete with a, a team that Michigan State was just on the outside of the college football playoff discussion until they lost a late game, um, a couple of late games late in the season. So it's interesting, man. It's really intriguing. You know, he, he's the guy that got the start for Pitt because Kenny Pickett opted out to get ready for the draft and then he transfers. And so it's, it's a really fascinating story. And I, I think, you know, it, it's one that everybody should be excited about. And if you're Nick Evers, like you welcome the competition, if you've got the right mentality, like I'm, I'm excited about the competition and maybe I can even pick up a few things from this guy who's already got two years in college football. Even if I don't win the starting job, I can learn something from the guy and, and who knows you know, like what this is going to mean down the road. It'll, it won't be until next year where we really see, how this quarterback competition is going to play out. And a lot of it depends on does Dylan Gabriel go to the NFL after 2022? Does he stick around for another season in 2023? Because I think while we think 
very highly of Dylan Gabriel. There's a lot that he kind of has to prove to NFL scouts about his ability at the next level. Uh, being that he's a little bit short in stature, coming off of an injury you know, season where he only played like three games. So he's got a little bit to prove. And it, if 2022 even goes as well as we think it could go, I mean, he might decide to come back and just double down on that and, and build that draft profile. So as we sit here on May 9th, just hours after Davis Bevel commits to Oklahoma, I think we can pretty much resoundingly say that's a good thing for Oklahoma. We'll see how it all plays out in the long run, but you can never have enough depth at quarterback. Well said. And those are good points that you brought up as well on Dylan Gabriel. It's no sure thing that he's just done at Oklahoma after the 2022 season. And, you know, I don't think, you know, Nick, Nick Evers made it pretty clear, or at least the people around Nick Evers made it pretty clear. The scuttlebutt ever since he early enrolled at Oklahoma was that he was early enrolling with the intention of not being the starter in 2022. He kind of wanted and welcomed that red shirt season. So I don't know. What, what does that tell you that he, you know, doesn't want other competition around? I mean, I, I don't get that impression by it. I get the impression that he's just – going to be comfortable in whatever situation he is. And listen, Evers is a former four-star recruit in his own right. So I can't imagine that he's in any way, shape, or form shook by the fact that Arnold right now appears like he's coming to Oklahoma or that Bevel is coming to Oklahoma. You know, the the other thing that we didn't really touch on with Bevel is just, or maybe you mentioned it, but I didn't touch on it, just the sheer size, prototypical, yeah. six foot six, 200 pounds. So uh, I mean, he's he's got all of that for him, which, you know, that's quite frankly, that's a little bit different for Oklahoma in recent memory. They haven't really had a lot of quarterbacks like that. Yeah, they're they're playing now. They got a little bit of a, a forward on their basketball team as opposed to a bunch of point guards. So, yeah, it, it's it's fascinating. I like that we got a, a guy with a little bit of size. It just different. Like you said, it's it's a bit different. And I think it's good that they finally were able to find a guy that was going to be a good fit for them to be at the very least the backup quarterback for Dylan Gabriel this year with the opportunity to potentially start next year. And listen, we we've seen it in years past and maybe it was the Sam Bradford year where like those shoulder injuries, uh, especially you know to the clavicle area, those things can reoccur. And like you, I, I remember Tony Romo back, I think it was in 2015. He hurts his shoulder, tries to come back later in the season against Carolina, hurts his shoulder again, and then he's out. And then, and it's just now what do you do so hopefully now like fingers crossed dylan gabriel has a perfect clean bill of health in 2022 we never see davis bevel except for in some garbage time or in some select packages where they would just want to get him on the field but it's good to have somebody that's got some college football snaps played in the peach bowl like these are high level snaps against high level competition that you can roll out there if you have to have them. And so good signing by Brent Venables, by Jeff Levy and the Oklahoma Center staff, getting a guy that's got a bit of experience on the roster. Coming up next, we've got to talk ESPN+. Plus. The game is changing for Oklahoma Center sports. We'll talk about that after I tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes great, and it's great for you. They just came out with these Built Granola Bars as well. I've got a box sitting on my fridge. I've been having one every single day. I love them. I love granola bars. So built protein bars combined with a granola bar, it just hits home for me. And my kids love it too. Yes, I'm sharing with my kids. I've tried to hide them from them, but they keep finding them. They love them. We got the peanut butter chocolate, 
Also go get that peanut butter brownie built bar. It's fantastic and it's great for you. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You heard that right. Four grams of sugar and 17 grams of protein, but they still taste great. They taste like a candy bar. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your next order over at built.com. All right, Josh, we got a new network partner for Oklahoma Sooners Athletics, and that is ESPN+. Plus. It was announced on Friday that the Oklahoma Sooners and the worldwide leader in sports would be entering into a streaming package that would include one Oklahoma football game in the 2022 season, presumably the game that is generally slated for the pay-per-view game, and then up to, or was it at least 25 uh basketball games and then a host or a variety of olympic style sports track and field could be softball i mean that's all encompassing really it could be anything hopefully it's softball and we have a better place to be able to find oklahoma sooner softball on a more regular basis so initial thoughts on this josh what do you think this is meaning for the oklahoma sooners how great is this that they have a partnership that's kind of separated from bally for the most part because it's just really hard to get on board with bally anymore yeah, I didn't realize how many people were that disappointed in Bally's until this ESPN Plus uh, move happened. And okay, so if you're in the camp out there and you say, oh my goodness, another streaming service, uh, you know, a- another amount that I have to pay to ESPN, I already paid for ESPN and ESPN2 and ESPN News with my cable subscription or whatever. H- here's something to put it into perspective for you. That amount, if you're one of those folks out there that likes to pay and watch the pay-per-view game, the amount that you would pay for that one pay-per-view game, that's the entirety of one year uh, for ESPN+. And not only are you getting access to everything that John mentioned, the 100-plus live University of Oklahoma events each year, the one what used to be the pay-per-view game, the one football spring game, you're getting – All of that, plus some archived content, you get access. I have ESPN Plus, so for me, it's not really much of a transition. I already already own it. I've had the subscription. The 30 for 30s, the catalog that they have on there of any of those old documentaries, the amount of college baseball, college softball games, other conferences, basketball games and events going on. Guys, this is a home run deal for Oklahoma. It's fantastic. I understand where some of the outrage stem from just that initial like, whoa, I got to I got to get another subscription in, in the realm of subscriptions. This is one that if you're a sports fan and if you're an Oklahoma fan, OK, you're going to pay seven dollars a month to get all of these different things of Oklahoma athletics. And oh, by the way, it's going to have its own little landing page. How cool is that going to be for me when I flip on the PlayStation 5 and fire over to the ESPN Plus tab and it says Oklahoma Sooners? I mean, you talk about the branding aspect of it. That's huge, John. We talk so much about the Jordan brand and all these different things for the University of Oklahoma. Okay, you're going to have like your own landing spot on ESPN Plus? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's a big deal. And then there's all that speculation, right? What does it mean for that SEC exit, my friend? Yeah, and I think you have to consider it because ESPN and the SEC have such a tight relationship as it is. And ESPN just wants to get more and more SEC content on their network. And not, and not just football. Look at the future of Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma softball when it goes to the SEC. There's a lot of great teams. 
Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, so many great softball teams in that conference as well that are going to pose huge matchups for Oklahoma. Like we just saw Bedlam on ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU over the weekend. You're going to get that more regularly because there's going to be such high-profile matchups between Oklahoma and some of the top teams in the country that just happen to reside in the SEC. I think it's a great deal. And listen, if Oklahoma is going to look for an early exit, it's going to be through this ESPN SEC or this ESPN plus deal because it's going to provide more income into their pocketbooks that will allow them to negotiate and pay for that, um, that exit fee from the big 12 that they need. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm sure Joe C and Joseph Harris are still talking about 2025 as the exit date. But if you're in negotiations, you don't let anything slip about how you're trying to leave early because that just gives the other side more leverage to hold you hostage in those negotiations. So you keep everything close to the vest. You still talk about 2025 while you're under the table. You're you know, back channeling negotiations to get out earlier. This ESPN Plus deal is a home run for them, not just from a branding standpoint like you talked about, but if they really want to get to the SEC earlier than 2025, this is going to be the thing that allows them to do that because of the extra income that comes through being partnered with ESPN. So I love it. I love the deal. And as Josh was talking about you know, adding another streaming service, if you're like me, and, and I'm sure Josh has it too, if you've got Disney Plus, then you just you're one step away from having the bundle. You got to get the bundle because then you get ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu. You get that all packaged into one, and it's only going to cost you the low low price of where is it at? I had it just a second ago, thirteen ninety nine a month. So how great is that? Like you can get all three streaming services for one, and a low price, and and just think of it: you get three for the price of one compared to like Netflix or YouTube TV or something like that. So I love it. I, I mean, I already had ESPN plus, so it's no big deal for me. I'm just excited to be able to streamline my Oklahoma Sooners uh, content watching into one place a little bit more. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a streamer. I cut the cord a long, long time ago when we decided to move overseas, we never got cable back and we haven't missed it one bit. And so just having everything back on ESPN plus is going to be a lot of fun. I like to put things, you know, into this type of perspective for our coffee drinkers out there. That is two trips through the drive through of Starbucks or, you know, you name a Dunkin Donuts, whatever. All right. I mean, with like seven dollar cup of coffee, that's twice and you get all of those different streaming services. Or you could be a, a little bit of a high roller like myself or, you know, however you would like to define this, John, the no commercials option on Hulu. You can get that for twenty dollars, which if you're impatient like me, I guess is the, the right description. You can $20 and have all of those bundled uh, up together. So, no, I think it's a great deal. The SEC portion of it, it could be a little bit of a convenient way because obviously the you know ESPN, it would, I think, be dangerous territory and open them up perhaps for litigation if ESPN outright came out and said, we're going to buy Oklahoma out of the Big 12 Conference. They can't do yeah. that. But Oklahoma was looking for a television or a streaming partner. The deal was about to be up, what, this summer, I think, right? With uh, Bally's anyways. So Oklahoma was in the market for a new platform to either broadcast on television or stream their uh, their Sooner Sports properties. And this match makes sense for a bunch of different reasons. 
A, okay, well, maybe it is a convenient way for ESPN to help facilitate OU's exit from the Big 12 to the SEC. B, you needed one in general. And then C, once you get to the SEC, I mean, obviously ESPN and ESPN Plus, they've already got that built-in relationship with all of the SEC schools. So from that standpoint, it just makes it seamless and it really made a lot of sense. So I'm fired up about it, man. I think it's going to be great. And, and it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, like Sooner Vision, that idea end up happening for a lot of the SEC teams, like in Alabama, like Georgia, LSU, where, you know, yes, you have the SEC network that's going to be your cable access to SEC content. But from a streaming perspective, having several, you know, several of the big name programs with their own landing page, I think. I think that's a great way to continue to build the build the brand and build the product for all of those schools. And I would not be surprised if we start seeing more and more of that where you get a Sooners vision for Alabama, you know, call, call it Tide Vision or Roll Tide or whatever. But I think I I don't know. That would not surprise and, me one bit to see that come down the come down the road here in a few years. You know, the other part of that too is you just think about or you know, I do content on each platform, right? Well, not that, look, the SEC right now, you're not going to have a lot of problems trying to come up with unique content over a 24-hour window. But one thing that helps you out a little bit in that department is having a Sooner vision or having a Tide vision or having a Go Dogs vision. Then you just have those entrenched reporters that you can have come on the SEC network as guests for shows. It just it makes everything so much easier for them. Yeah, and, and- – I mean, I would love to see, like I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I would love to see like around the horn type shows that are Sooners or SEC focused where it's like, they're just talking about SEC football or, and, and maybe they have those. I'm not a big, like, you know, I don't watch the SEC network a ton mostly because Paul Feinbaum wears me out a little bit. Um, mostly because I got tired of hearing him on ESPN radio when I was living in Southwest Oklahoma, which I don't know why he's on in Southwest Oklahoma, but yeah, I, I It'll be it's gonna be really interesting to see how the content gets put out there and, and laid out. I'm sure we'll get to see, you know, all the, the fun Oklahoma documentaries that we've had in the past, you know, the boss and, and things like that. But even maybe even more, you know, interesting, you know, unique content as it relates to the Oklahoma Sooners, who as an athletic department already put out a lot of great media content as it is. Then you get a partnership with ESPN. Like how fantastic is that gonna be? Some of the stuff that they're already doing. Maybe we see it kind of even amplified even more to where we start seeing that stuff on Sooner Vision. Maybe. I would hope so. I I would hope so, you know. And, you know, one of my initial questions was for anybody that isn't isn't super familiar with how kind of all of this is working. So the Soonersports.tv portion of it, your your subscription will automatically be terminated at the end of – I think it's June and you don't have to call a number that's going to happen automatically. If you want it to continue though, there is still going to be a sooner sports.tv subscription. If you want that, that's where some of the other archived stuff will be. For example, on ESPN plus, okay. All of your live programming, it'll exist right there on ESPN plus when Oklahoma men's basketball or women's basketball or softball or whoever baseball is playing and it'll exist there for 72 hours. And it's my understanding after 72 hours, it would then 
move over to Soonersports.tv. But I'm curious to see what some of that other archive content is going to be on ESPN Plus because, man, are you kidding me? I'm such a sucker for documentaries, and I would love to to have more, you know, 50s Oklahoma content and 60s Oklahoma content. And you know they have so much of that over there at Sooners, Sooner Vision, but don't, you know, or haven't had, you know, kind of the right platform maybe to share all of it. Maybe this can be that platform. And we're ready for the 30 for 30 on Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, based on the audience that showed up to the spring game, we're, that, that 30 for 30 on Baker Mayfield's transition from, you know, high school walk-on at Texas Tech to transfer walk-on to Oklahoma, we're, we're ready for it. The world is ready for it. The world needs it, ESPN+. Plus. Give us the 30 for 30 on Baker Mayfield, betting on himself. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about BetOnline's Big 12 Conference odds. But first, I want to talk to you about BetOnline. It's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. For all, find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so our partners over at BetOnline released their Big 12 futures odds for the 2022 season i'm going to throw them up here on the screen if you're watching on youtube you'll be able to see those right there but we'll run down the list as well uh your oklahoma sooners come in with the best odds to win the big 12 championship but they're just right there in front of texas so oklahoma is considered a seven to four favorite so if we're going to break this down further into math that's basically a 1.75 to one so for every dollar you bet on them, you get 175 back. Every hundred, you get 175. Texas is a two to one favorite, or is is number two in the conference at two to one. Uh, Oklahoma State comes in at number three at five to one. Baylor at four, 15 to two. Iowa State 12 to one. TCU 14 to one. Texas Tech 40 to one. West Virginia 40 to one. Kansas State surprisingly 50 to one, and then. The lowly, lowly Kansas Jayhawks down there at 300 to 1. But hey, if you're looking for a real long shot, that's some interesting value there. So, Josh, just initial takeaways here from as we're looking at the, the odds here on uh, from Bet Online. Yeah, I don't know how the hell Texas is 2 to 1. Are you kidding me? How, how are their odds that high? No way they, their odds should be that good. I get it. They've got B. John Rod, Robinson, they've got you know Xavier Worthy. We don't really know about Quinn Ewers yet. We know that he was a five-star recruit and all of that, but I've not seen him throw the football in a college football game, so I'm going to reserve a little bit of judgment on them. For them to have better odds than either Oklahoma State or Baylor, to me, is a joke at this stage of the game. Oklahoma, you know, I'm not even necessarily crazy about Oklahoma's odds right there just because, you know, 100 would only pay you 175. Kansas State at 50 to 1, I think is a tasty long shot. Uh that that's pretty good. Uh, Iowa State, I think you're throwing your money away at 12 to 1. TCU, you know, maybe if things come together for them. Uh other than that, I mean, that's probably sort of most of my general takeaways. Oklahoma State and Baylor, both uh reasonable buys. I think Kansas State, in terms of a long shot, is the best buy, and Texas at two to one is a joke. Yeah, Texas at two to one—that's just asking people to to give you money if you're uh, bet online. I think, I, I, yeah, I, I get the Quinn Ewers hype. He was very highly regarded coming out of South Lake, but again, 
We haven't seen him put it together yet on a football field for the Texas Longhorns. They're going to be dangerous. They look like they're going to be a good team with Xavier Worthy and Bajan Robinson. But can their defense improve enough to where they're not having to win games like the old Oklahoma Sooners had to under Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, where it's you know forty to thirty-eight you know wins. Uh, you mentioned Kansas State as one of your kind of favorite long shot odds. I'm liking those West Virginia odds. They just give me vibes at forty to one of a team similar to what Baylor was. Like a team, if there's a team that could have the turnaround that Baylor had from you know back end of the Big Twelve to winning the conference, to me it's West Virginia. I'm not here to predict it. I might I'm, I might go throw some money there on Bet Online um, with those odds because I just like the Jackson Dart signing. Um, sorry, not Jackson's Dart. Um, JT Daniels signing. My apologies, but I also really like their defensive front with Dante Stills and Akeem Mesador. Those two dudes are legit, you know, top fifty prospects in the twenty twenty three NFL draft and could push for the first round because they're really really good. Like we saw them this past year, and they gave Oklahoma's offensive line fits all game long especially mesador so if like i said if there's a team that could make that big jump uh from you know back end of the conference to first place it to me it's west virginia i'm i agree with you i think iowa state i don't get that one bit i'm not i don't understand why people are still kind of so high on iowa state they lost their you know four of their best players um five of their best players actually in Mike Rose and Will Anderson, the fourth on defense, and then Brock Purdy, Charlie Kolar, and Brees Hall on offense. And yet we're still putting them kind of in the upper half of the Big 12. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, Hunter Deckers, he's okay. I I don't see him as a really great quarterback. Um, The Kansas State thing, I kind of get because I'm not a big believer in Adrian Martinez either. I think he's solid. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's good enough to lift them beyond the heights that Skylar Thompson was able to. I think Skylar Thompson was a better quarterback. Um, but, you know, Adrian Martinez is getting a lot of hype, and Kansas State is too. So, you know, I love me some Deuce Vaughn. I, I'm excited to watch Deuce Vaughn again this year. I'm glad he didn't go pro. But it's it's a team that I just don't think they're going to be able to overcome some of the losses they had. Um, but, hey, Chris Klein is a great coach, so he'll probably prove me wrong as he – as he did the the first year when I ran this the show and picked Oklahoma to beat Kansas State and he proved me wrong on that so he has a he has a knack for doing that to me any other takeaways on the on the odds here Josh before we get away just on Kansas State I agree with a lot of what you've said about Adrian Martinez his Nebraska career none of that would lead you to believe that Adrian Martinez is the type of quarterback even paired with Deuce Vaughn who I think if you just talk about individual playmakers in the conference that Deuce Vaughn is the reason that I would even take a flyer on Kansas state. Right. I mean, let's just call it what it is. He's that spectacular of an individual playmaker, but even paired with Deuce Vaughn, Adrian Martinez's history at Nebraska would not lead you to believe, okay, this is somebody that can go win a conference championship. I'll say though, I kind of think, and I feel like I've said this to you before in the past, Adrian Martinez at Kansas State, doesn't it just kind of seem like the type of spot that Martinez would succeed at? Mobile type of quarterback. All of a sudden, he does have Deuce Vaughn next to him. He reminds me of some of the older Kansas State quarterbacks. And quite frankly, you know, Scott Frost was supposed to be this offensive whiz. I'm not so certain that anybody in Lincoln had any clue what they were doing offensively. So this could be a really 
good fit for Adrian Martinez. I'm intrigued, especially at that number 50 to one on Kansas State. But realistically, uh, if you're asking me who wins the Big 12 Conference next season, I would say that it comes from one of four teams. I think obviously most likely is Oklahoma. That's why they've got the best odds. I would say next most likely for me is Baylor, then Oklahoma State, and then Texas. And then Texas. So, and I think I would agree with that same hierarchy as well. I think you know those are your four favorites, and probably in that order until we see Quinn Ewers on the football field for the first time. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I, and maybe this is just us as Oklahoma fans, kind of coming from a similar place where we saw the the phenoms um, have some some uh, some difficulties in their first years as starters in in the Big Twelve in a defensive league now. Apparently, all of a sudden, so. But that's going to do it. Hey, let us know which of those odds that you like um, from betonline.net. Which is the one long shot that you'd be interested in playing? What is the the favorite or the one of the top five that you're not a big fan of? Uh, let us know in the comment section over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms. But until we talk to you tomorrow, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer. Sooner. <laughs>